This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hey, everyone. It's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings, although some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. True Car users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Masters of Sex After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Masters of Sex After Show. All right, all right, all right. Tonight we have an exciting, super exciting episode because we have two male perspectives in the house. One you might remember, you cannot forget, Lem. What's up, everybody? It's so good to be back. Ah, we're yeah. so happy to have Lem back. He is amazing and an Aquarius, if anyone would like to know. Um, and then we've got wonderful Roya. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad Lem is here because I can't stand this guy to my right. Hey, what's your What's your What's your sign, Roya? Yeah, what's Roya. We have to sign? get your sign. I'm a Leo. Ooh. Oh, of course. I have no idea what these things mean. I'm from and then we've got um, just Bobby. Just a Gemini. Cool. Hey, great intro, by the way, Jen. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's going to be a great show, guys. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. So it's Masters of Sex, Season 2, Episode 6, Blackbird. Mm. I'm not understanding where Blackbird, I think we've come to a blank on the last two 
episode title. So if anybody has any insight, let us know. Um, but we, uh, Masters of Sex started out super sexy with sex. The beginning of this episode, it was Masters and Virginia having sex, and it seemed like it was hot sex. And all he said, he was looking at her. He had the eye contact. He had the eye contact. The eye contact is so important during sex. And he said, I could kiss you right now. But he didn't. She says, no. We don't kiss. They don't kiss. It was kind of a Julia Roberts moment in Pretty Woman. <laughs> Did you guys pick that up? <laughs> a little I, bit. I, I got that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that definitely, for sure. <laughs> when I think we don't kiss, I think Pretty Woman. So, anyways, that's what I thought that's of. That's what you go to? That's what I went Every to. Okay. But um, it was really quick. And um, so it was interesting to see that. And then um, it goes right into – so it just barely flashed with that. And then it goes right into uh, Dr. DePaul, what seemed to be a huge focus of this episode. And she was, um, you know, getting scanned, going, getting uh, radiation at the appointment. And it's so weird. I mean, I thought it was such a weird scene because the doctor was so – like cold to her yeah. she was like i was raised by vampires mm-hmm. nothing he didn't even smirk <laughs> well i don't think that that's necessarily weird and i actually think dr DePaul expected that and she was sort of playing with him because of the situation because when you think about the medical community maybe we've talked about this on the show you have to be cold not cold but you have to be distant because right. when you get emotionally involved with a patient that's when the medica- when the medical side of it starts to get complicated and so as a doctor as a nurse whatever you want to remove yourself yeah, you can't be so, falling apart every day with yeah. exactly you would kill yourself every yeah. day with the no, stuff he true. sees. So I understand him being cold, and I think her, her reaction to him wasn't much shock, as it was her just kind of trying to play his buttons and saying, you know what, this is hopeless. I know this is hopeless. You're not going to give it to me straight, although he did later. Mm-hmm. Let me just have a little fun with you yeah. and see how far I can take but it. But do you, do you also think that it's the juxtaposition between her being that way herself and then maybe not realizing that that's how she is with her patients? Because she is, I mean, up until the, I think the point Virginia came into our life, she was that way. You know, as yeah. a person, whether she was, you know, in doctor mode or outside of doctor mode, she was a very cold kind of. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just, you know, stale person. And so I think maybe it was her seeing what she's been to other people and kind of like, oh, okay, this is how I've been. Yeah. No, I didn't think she was being self-perceptive. No? No. I don't think she realized that's how she's been. I think she's so self-perceptive, it literally, spoiler alert, killed her in some (laughs) ways. I know we can talk about the cancer, but I think she's so... Inwardly focused about mm-hmm. everything. We talk about mm-hmm. that scene. I know I'm jumping ahead, but the scene where she's talking about never being in love or nobody ever loved her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's really self-aware, maybe too self-aware. So I think mm-hmm. that's part of exactly what's going on. I agree on. with Bobby. Yeah. Oh, okay. guys this girls. is going to be like how the show goes. Guys versus girls. Bobby. Like, guys will always win. I'm just saying, you know. Spicy's never coming back. It's Lemon Eye. It's Aquarius and a Gemini thing. It's an air sign thing. Oh, gosh. Air sign. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. Anyways. um, So then uh, we go right into... Virginia is talking to people at Buell's hospital trying to get them to participate in the study. When she finds out, she gets somebody that is very interested in doing the study. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I would love to, but everybody, you know, Dr. Hendricks has forbidden everyone to do this study. I was, I uh, wasn't expecting that. 
You Reyes. weren't expecting it? Well, I know that he was taking it down, but I didn't think that he would so openly forbid it. So he would be confronted later. He would obviously get confronted on that later. So when he was taking down the, the, the posters, what did you think that was the reasoning for? What was the reason well, no, for no, that? no. I thought he was definitely doing that, but I thought he was like kind of behind their back. Like, you could do your study, whatever, mm-hmm. but behind your back, I'm going to take down the flyers. But then forbidding the whole hospital. Hmm. I, I was under the impression that it was two different sides of the same coin for Hendricks, and taking down the posters was more for patients. If you're a patient walking through that hospital, yeah. which which is a way that Masters had been recruiting people, mm-hmm. that if you don't see the flyers, you don't know there's a sex study. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And then the, the staff was a separate issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe that's wrong, but I thought the posters were for the patients. Uh, Hendricks wanted to keep a respectable hospital, and we don't want to you know engage in a circus act, whatever. Right. And then the staff is – he called the staff together and said – Absolutely not. Here's a line of demarcation. No. Right. And then Dr. Masters quickly confronted him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Dr. Masters has, like, confronted... He confronts someone. Can we start... Can we, like, take shots every time Dr. Masters confronts somebody and gets in a fight? So or, like, hit somebody? Yeah, like, like can we start drinking? Like, can, rather, can we make this a drinking game? I would rather do the Dr. Masters let's confront people than the Libby Masters let's be passive-aggressive. Yes. Yeah. I agree. So. I love Except it. Except for Libby Masters it. would make me want to drink, so I think Libby Masters would be a... <laughs> more fun uh, drinking game with the passive-aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happens I, a lot, too. So I think when he confronted him, I think what he explained himself, and I could kind of understand where he's coming from, because he basically turned it into a civil rights issue. And what he basically was saying is, you know, um, the African-American community um, in the past, up leading up to this point, has been subjected to severe testing and things of mm-hmm. this nature. And he, he didn't and want... And to me, that was totally valid. Right. And, and he didn't want Dr. Masters to exploit that, even mm-hmm. though this is something brand new something that hasn't been done, but he didn't want it to turn into that. So I can understand his point of view. Yeah, I when Dr. Hendricks explained all that, mm-hmm. it made a lot more sense, and I liked his character a lot better, knowing mm-hmm. that he was trying to protect his staff, versus just taking it down because of a selfish reasoning. Right. And it was to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It was right. good. Made me happy. <laughs> I thought immediately of the, the what the Tuskegee study on syphilis, mm-hmm. which was one of the most famous, egregious cases of, oh, yeah. of, of African-American... 600. Yeah, it's 600 just ridiculous. Yeah. And that was going on a couple decades before this, and I don't know if it had been publicly out at this time as mm-hmm. much as it was later on, and then obviously now. Right. But there's a lot of cases of this, so Hendricks doing that to me is is how do you say no to that reason you know right. how do you argue with that when you're masters right. yeah masters has good intentions with the sex study in a lot mm-hmm. of ways and yeah he's very progressive for a scientist and a doctor at that point but i think hendrix played the trump card on him right there oh, so oh, what are you supposed sure. to do yeah. oh, definitely <laughs> what are you supposed to do definitely no definitely no, I love it. And uh, then um, Dr. Masters goes home and discusses what Hendrick said with uh, Libby, and she was preoccupied being a total peeping Tom watching Coral. And so I didn't mention this because I thought when perhaps like when I was writing notes, I had missed it, but I never heard um, – I never – heard I, I didn't really understand how I, I thought the whole time that Robert was actually like her uncle like I didn't think it was a romantic thing and so when she was watching him I was trying to watch it to see if it was romantic you mm-hmm. know and it did seem romantic the way you know really you didn't you didn't because they even Coral and Libby have a conversation about being in the bedroom and having sex mm-hmm. with her boyfriend Robert oh well yeah then she like totally puts it together yeah she the she most. totally made it out to scene like she went with it I mean she was definitely going with it but I totally thought she was doing that to take a stab at Libby well I, I think it's because Libby crossed the line of already assuming your boyfriend right. and then try and tell her how to live her life right. yeah that 
uh, Coral took it in her own hands. Like, all right, mm-hmm. if that's how you feel, I'm going to play with this and go my own route. Oh, yeah. sure. And shove it in your face. Right. <laughs> and it was, she does it very well. Yeah, you know, she did. And I think it was a great way for her to do that without seeming like she was doing that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, of course, how Libby's been um, with her, you know, this whole time and just very passive-aggressive or even just aggressive, period. Like, just really the whole, I mean, even the shampoo incident was just really <laughs> horrific and mm-hmm. very over the top. And I think it was just a way for her to get back at her, you know, when she was assuming that Robert was her boyfriend, when she said, and she all she said was, we live together. Mm-hmm. And then she just, you know, took that. Right. Um, so it was interesting, you know, not to jump ahead, but then, you know, finally finding out that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, mudding your face or whatever that expression is, is that, you know, you're thinking one thing, but it's not because you're so over the top with being, you know, prejudiced mm-hmm. to her yeah. and her family. Do you guys think that at this point in the story, if Libby had found out that that was Coral's boyfriend, or I'm sorry, brother, not boyfriend, do you think Libby would have reacted differently or do you think it would have gone down the same route? No, I think it would have been way different because Coral's using those stories and uh, like making up that those stories, I think, to purposely get to Libby, and it did exactly what Coral wanted it to. I agree 100% with you. Coral received her severance for no other reason at the end of the day than she flat-out lied to Libby about the sex Mm -hmm. and about what Robert was. Mm -hmm. And either lied by omission or hinted at lying with the breath in the bed and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff, which Mm -hmm. you would never do with your brother, hopefully. (laughs) Um, And I think that, at the end of the day, is Libby's trust was betrayed. As many other problems as Libby has, as many other problems Libby tried to find in Coral, Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest problem. And I disagree with Libby a lot about this, but there's a small part of me that kind of agrees with her that Coral did overstep the line, and you shouldn't have lied about that, because it was definitely not only a dig at Libby, but why are you lying about something like that to her? But don't you think she had, I don't want to say the right to, but I mean, you could understand why she would do such a thing. For sure. And let me put it this way. But I still think it's a a reason to terminate that. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. I'm like 90% of the way with Coral, and I'm kind of sad if she does get terminated, we're not going to see her anymore or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's like 10% of me that says, you know what, Libby does have the kid. That is another kind of a trump card. Maybe there is a right there for her to say, you lied flat out to me. Mm -hmm. You, you, You let me think this lie by omission beyond that. I can't trust you anymore with my kid. Mm. I, I get it. Yeah. No, I but totally get it. I'm just surprised Coral was there that long. I mean, I don't see yeah. why she would have quit, you know, after being subject to all of that and still yeah. doing it. I mean, I understand she needs the job or whatever, but it just, it, to me, it seemed like she just kept getting so much from Libby, you know. And I think, for me, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think Libby, in the reason why she was looking at them all the time, I think she was just jealous of what she thought was their relationship. Mm-hmm. Because her and Masters obviously have them separate little nasty twin beds, and, you know, mm-hmm. they're not... Nasty get- little twin beds. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's not, I mean... It's it's ridiculous. That's what I should have said. Ridiculous, especially next to you. Okay, so (laughs) ridiculous twin beds that they had. It was stupid. And so I think, you know, Coral was taking jabs at her to do that, but she was just jealous. She was jealous of what she thought their relationship was. And I I think it explained a lot of why Coral stayed in the situation she was in, because if any of you guys maybe back then were in that situation, you'd quit, try and find another nanny job. Mm -hmm. Um, But because she knew she was lying the entire time, maybe that's why Coral stayed with it, because it was all a lie. Oh, she had to keep it going. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. not to keep it going, but because she felt like she had an upper hand. Oh, I with see. With a lie. That's, see, let's talk about that. We can't speculate too much, obviously, right. but we all, maybe I'm wrong for you, to, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I look at Coral as pretty wholesome, very hardworking, a very mm-hmm. likable character. Maybe Coral is a bit evil. Maybe Coral's a no, bit of a liar. No, maybe, Libby is a bit evil. Absolutely. <laughs> and but she maybe, has provoked her. Maybe Coral She's provoked herself, her. 
Coral lived alive for a while here. Maybe Coral's got some ulterior motives and some problems on her own that we can never maybe explore now because she's been terminated. But maybe Coral wasn't the nicest person. No, she was so nice and so sweet. And then when Libby would do the speech correction stuff and the nobody really cares about your life. No, screw Libby on that. I mean, I I, I think that she was, it was just a form of defense. Because even when she said, uh, oh, he can't pick you up anymore because he has a record or whatever. Which again, it was ridiculous. But the fact that she did all that information. But so she says, okay, my aunt is picking me up. And then she follows her and finds out that she just parked around the corner. But she wanted to keep her job. So mm-hmm. you don't know her situation. She needs that job. She has to keep that job. So she's doing whatever she can to do it. Yeah. Obviously, lying is not the best method. But at the same token, what was she going to do? Mm-hmm. I see it. <laughs> I'm Team Coral. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I have two. I yeah. love her. I hope she's I'm not team gone. Coral, but I'm also team I understand why she got fired. This is <laughs> two weeks ago, Doug Greathouse leaves. If this week <laughs> Listen. I don't I don't I don't hate her for doing what she did. I also You're just saying she did after, to be like I would terminate too. After Doug Greathouse leaving two weeks ago or whatever, if Coral leaves it. after this week. No, I can't. It's two people I like that are gone. <laughs> you might have to take over for me permanently. I don't want to do it anymore. If Coral and Doug Greathouse are gone, what am I supposed to do? We've still got Masters in Virginia have having and, Lillian, and Lillian's dead. <laughs> Who do I have left? I got nobody left. You don't have. You're not Team Virginia. I, I don't I mean I don't mind her, but like I was totally Team Doug Greathouse for the sheer entertainment value. Really, you know. And now he's gone. And now and he's gone. Lem, can you guys switch sides, please? <laughs> can't stand sitting really? next to him. Yeah. Really, he's Lem, been I miss you on this side. Come he, back. He's been back for, for for 15 minutes, and you're already ready to take him back. Really? All right, you guys. Enough. I've wow. got to break up Bobby this. I've got to police bad. this. Back to the show. <laughs> Anyways, and so then we skip over to Betty and Jean. Okay, mm-hmm. and they. Um, are, you know, uh, Betty's planning a party for his um, pretzels are getting syndicated. I don't know what that means. His pretzel commercials? Syncopated. Syncopated. That's Syncopated. Right. That's Syncopated. The first term. Yeah. 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 And so she's planning that party. And, um, and then we see, like, another shot of Betty, and she is with Helen. We see Betty in bed with Helen, and after she's just gone through this whole thing with Gene where he's like, you know what, if you're mine and I'm yours, I can get past all this mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't have to adopt, blah, 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 blah. You know, then, like, two scenes later, we see someone under the sheets, which I definitely knew it wasn't Gene. Uh, there would be small little Yeah, was, I was about to say, <laughs> right, right. we would seem, okay, <laughs> all right. And so um, I was kind of, you know, surprised to see her back in bed with Helen because they were so caddy and I don't really see the love line the love link between them you know but um but she did say the flesh is weak and gosh I understand that the flesh is weak this was filled with a lot of sex. You sound like you're testifying. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> is this how you feel? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that resonated with me. The flesh is weak. Like, seriously. You said it like eight times. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. All right. Anyways. Anyways. Geez. Okay. So what did you guys think about Helen and Benny? Uh, first off, maybe we talked about and a little bit last week. And the flesh being weak. I was very skeptical of Sarah Silverman. I was like, okay, let's see what happens here. I know that Helen's a relatively easy character for her to play because it's quirky, funny, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think she's doing a great job, though. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah she's playing like bad ex, bad, you know, trouble girlfriend. Yeah, I think she's doing great. I think she fits right in. And I don't think about her. The first scene I saw, I was like, oh my God, it's Sarah Silverman. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think about that anymore, which, which I think is a sign that she's kind of fit in. So mm-hmm. good for her. Right. It, it breaks um, my heart seeing them together because they can't, their love can't be. I know, and but it is sucks. it really love? I think I it was just something kind of comfortable that they called love, but it's not really love because if you really loved someone, you would want them to be happy and you would want them to 
go off and do what they need to do. There is no white picket fence for them together, so they really need to do what they need to do. And Betty was trying to make it work, and Helen was, like, not rejecting it, which I totally understand on Helen's. I would reject it, too, but, you know... What was the reason why they split up in the first place? I know that we, they they touched on it. So it she was, could marry Jean. They didn't have a future. Well, what they talked about last week a little bit. They didn't have a future. Yeah. The no white white picket fence thing. Mm-hmm. Money was an issue for them, which is interesting because both Betty and Helen are very superficial and very sexual, and there's nothing wrong with those two things. But neither of them equals true love, which I think is kind of yeah. your point. Well, so I, th- I think you can be in love, but you just can't work together. Yeah. Like I think I think they truly love each other, but they're just not meant to be together. And I think them together is being toxic and yep. I think that's what it comes down to and so they're trying to live separate lives um, but it's just not you know they still keep getting gravitated to each other and remember what Betty said last week she said because something the effective <laughs> she said to Helen something the effect of I went through hell to get rid of you like don't bring me back in or whatever I know. she said well, it's it that like idea there was like right. trouble yeah. like she was the bad girlfriend no I, no I think it's just a toxic situation I yeah. disagree I think they love each other so much like no Helen, I didn't even really see them really loving each other honestly I think it was just about like their oral on, sex bro, where it was no 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 something. it's cool no, I'm oh, just no. gonna keep repeating what I just said they love each other <laughs> <laughs> and keep scribbling, <laughs> keep scribbling. Yeah. they love each other yeah. oh. she's writing it over and over again yeah. like Bart Simpson <laughs> on the chalkboard they love each other right well a couple scenes later we see that Helen actually proposes to Al Mm-hmm. You know, and um, they start kissing. Betty gets upset and walks out. See, that's jealousy right there. Jeans. Come on, how is that not proof that she's in love? Unless she's being jealous that someone else is touching her woman. I think it's. I think like it's my toy. Don't touch my toy. You're right. You have a point. I agree. I just well, think Gene's progression is so funny on this. Mm-hmm. First, he thinks, "Oh, they're good friends. This is great. Helen's around. <laughs> this is right. awesome." Right. Then, then he kind of is a little put off by them and knows they're mm-hmm. serious and whatever. Then he thinks Helen and Betty hate each other. Then he thinks Betty's in love with Al, oh, and then he man. finally gets it. Right. The progression right. is so funny. Well, he's kind of like, I mean, you know, just even going back to when they first got together, he's just kind of that kind of guy that just is, everything is oblivious to him. Yeah. He just wants what he wants and he wants to think, you know, and he's loud. And that's why she's been able to do it. The whole manipulation of her going to the doctor and the fertility and all that stuff. He believed it because she told him. She didn't until he went, you know, and found out by, you know, paying for what he thought was treatment and it wasn't. Is he how he found out? So, I mean, I think that's his bad. That's his fault, in my opinion. What? Love is blind. He's really in love with Betty. Yeah, yeah. He is. He and is. he wants his happy ending. Thanks, but. Roya. Exactly. No, and and You're welcome. <laughs> but I do agree with Roya. I think that um, they Betty and Helen do love each other. But I'm just going back to I think that they just can't be together, which is why it didn't work in the first place. Yeah, that's what breaks my heart is that they can't be together right. because of society they can't. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't think it's just society that they can't be together. There's something else toxic between the two. Of them. Yeah. Don't you see yeah. the bad, like the bad juju between They're them? They're too much alike. There's a lot of bad juju. There's yeah, the so much juju. juju. I don't see. Maybe love is blind, and that's why I'm not seeing it. Oh. Juju ain't blind. <laughs> All right. So meanwhile, back at Buell's, am I saying it right? Buell's. Buell. Buell. Uh, Masters and uh, Jenny meet with a with the Chronicle. Right. So this <clears throat> woman has come in, and she's coming a couple times to meet with them, and she's talking about publishing their story in their um, their newspaper. And so we see in a few different scenes that she, you know, comes off as, you know, in, you know, it sounds like it's supportive. And then she meets with Masters again and she's taking notes on everything he's saying. And she's trying to play, put him in a place where it doesn't really favor him. But she's still trying to kind of BS him through it, you know, and say, oh, then no, this is going to look good for you. You just have to look like someone that's going through adversity, but still pushing forward and, you know, being progressive. 
Mm-hmm. No thoughts on that, that lady? <laughs> I, I thought she was smart for what she was doing. The old bait and switch? Yeah, why not? Yeah. I think it was. I think she was using it as a way. I think she was going to destroy him. Well, in the yeah, article. I think. I mean, and do he, we think that the article is actually going to get published? Yes, hundred percent. Oh yeah. Well, based on that conversation here with the editor, oh yeah, yeah. for sure, yeah. for sure. I think she was using it as a way, kind of the same way um, that Dr. Hendricks was doing with not having the study, and I think she was taking it as an African American woman that has a chance to write a story mm-hmm. about someone that she normally wouldn't be able to write about, and kind of using that as a catalyst and being like, okay, I want to expose this, but I also want to show what you really are like. Mm-hmm. Um, not that she was going to say anything that was wrong, but she definitely wanted to expose him for what he was, and that's why she kept bringing up, oh yeah, you were fired, oh yeah, you threw a you know chair through the window, all these kind of things, just letting him know that this is what you are. So yeah, but I'm those are not all the. That's not the study, though. You know, those details that's, don't need to be like if they're using facts, they could they use they should be using facts about the study and keep it centric on that, not. You know, all the fights and all the background scenes. Yeah. Well, no, I'm I'm not saying that that's what she should be doing. I'm saying that's why she's doing it. Right. Yeah. So. How about, real quick, the three strong black characters, Morgan, the the reporter, Wilson, I believe is his name, the editor, and Mm -hmm. then Dr. Hendricks, where you have people like Greathouse who are kind of weaselly. You've got Barton who's got plenty of his own problems. And Masters can kind of manipulate them and has at times. Masters hasn't been able to manipulate Morgan, Hendricks, or Wilson. And it's interesting that in this time period... He's like the worst bully ever. Not only that, but it's interesting in this time period, I'm not saying the three of them are beyond reproach, because we don't really know. Hendricks has done some shady stuff, like taking down the study, Mm -hmm. you know... Uh, is that really shady, though? Well, I, I think it is a little yeah, shady. Yeah, it was shady. Absolutely. It was shady because so, he wasn't completely previewed to what that was what Yeah, was but I'm, and, and, and he's not beyond reproach, but those are three very strong characters, all black in this time period in a situation where you would expect them to be maybe a little more deferential or people would try to take advantage of them. And they're kind of the ones who are saying, this is the way that it is. I'm the driving force in this relationship, mm-hmm. and this is how it's going to be. And Masters lost all three of those battles thus far. And he sure it's interesting. did. So do you think that um, the race factor, giving that, like, why do you think that that is, you know, since you brought it up? Like, oh, why do you God. think that he hasn't been able to manipulate them like he has with his other colleagues? I, because everyone sees what a kind of puny guy he is underneath his little white coat. I think there's probably a hundred reasons. The first maybe is, I don't know, it's, it, Buell Green is an incredibly professional hospital, just like Good Samaritan, just like everywhere he's been before. Mm-hmm. And I know Masters probably thought, okay, this is going to be a professional hospital, but this is a slap in the face to him to say, this this is a tight ship we run here. Mm-hmm. The, the newspaper, the St. Louis Chronicle, is just as professional as you know the white newspaper, or whatever. Right. And I think it's a commentary on society, among many other things, that you know the black side and the white side were separate but equal at the time, which was not the right way to go. But the mm-hmm. key is equal. The black paper was just as strong with just mm-hmm. as many strong characters. Mm-hmm. The black hospital was just as strong with just as many strong characters. And Masters is the representation, to a little certain extent, of of kind of the white segment of society running into that. And saying, "Oh, you're just as smart as us. You're just as good as us. You're just as strong as us." Huh? Okay, I got to figure that out. You know, and then there's other things going on, maybe personal relationship wise. Right. But I think it's a little commentary on society at that point that says, "Separate but equal. Separate mm-hmm. was wrong. Mm-hmm. Equal was right. These people were just as intelligent." Yeah, right. I, I think that's a great point you bring out. It is the '50s, and I think too. I think when Masters went over to that hospital, I think he went over there thinking like, "This is his last opportunity. They're going to accept me because these other all white hospitals are not." Yeah. So let me go over to the black hospital, um, thinking that I'm just going to go here and I'm just do whatever I want. 
want to do. I need my own study room. I need this. I need this. He was making all these demands and they allowed him to a certain degree. And then it got to the point where, like you're done. You know, we're not going to allow you to bully us. And like you said, when he ran into those three characters, and I think a lot of it comes back to what Dr. Hendricks was saying earlier about the study itself, why he didn't want to use uh, black subjects because of, again, the history. And he's like, no, you're not going to come into our territory and try to run things. This is how we do things. If you don't like it, then there's the door because we don't need you to succeed. Yeah. Right. And do you think there was any fact to his... um what he had threatened the editor later on in the episode where he said that, you know, the penis size um, elevated testosterone. Totally sexual. lying. Oh, he was lying. Yeah, yeah. Totally that lying. was total lies. Yeah. yeah. Right. He was just okay. trying to, he was trying to, Did again. No, he was just trying to. Defend himself. Yeah, defend himself. And okay. I think scare them into not publishing the mm-hmm. article. Right. Which didn't work, obviously. Right, exactly. So. Gosh, nothing is working for him. I feel so bad. I feel like Dr. Master's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> No more sex. But do you think, do you think, Jenna, <laughs> no that he, de- he deserves what he's getting? That's no. my question to you. No? Not all of it. Do you think Just he deserves some? all of it? I didn't, I, I didn't say that. I'm what asking you. What do you think? You. No, I don't think he deserves it. <laughs> I think he's misunderstood. So misunderstood. In a weird I way, do, I kind of agree with you. I no. do. I feel like he has to kind of like, I feel like he's like this big bird that just kind of puffs out his chest because he has to, because... I don't know because he's just a tiny bird inside. I don't know. Like he he's just a has big to... bird with a tiny bird inside. <laughs> he's like a peacock. Where they ruffle all yeah, the he's like out a tiny her. bird, and he's just and trying to like body. puff himself out there and try to be strong and macho, but it's not right. really working out for it's him, and everything's chest. falling apart. Put his bird chest out there. If you guys are keeping score at home, we just went from a discussion on race in the 1950s to the tiny bird, big bird metaphor. Right. <laughs> That's what we I'm do here on Masters. Saying, of there's something inside where it's like I, I think that he comes across the wrong way. And, you know, he does have good intentions and he I, just he's just not good communicator. I will say, though, I, I think we all want to root for him. And I think that's what we yeah. get from watching the episode. I think he does a lot of things that are not right um, with the way he treats his wife, with the way he treats, um, you know, his, the people that come into his life. Um, but I think overall, I think we literally want to root for him and kind of keep him going, even though he's not doing what he's supposed I do. to be doing. I but root. I think that he does need... Uh, I mean, he he. Like some a of these in things. The butt? Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. So he okay. runs, he runs into personal problems in this episode with Hendrix, with uh, Morgan the reporter, and Wilson the editor. In all three of those scenes, who was noticeably absent? Who could have helped him with maybe people issues? I know, I know, I know. I know. Who is it, Roya? Virginia. Virginia. Masters. Masters is a doctor. He wants to study. Virginia's a people person. And I'm not saying she would have smoothed over the article or anything, but she would have done a much better job than he did. Especially woman to woman. Yeah. Versus right. man. Okay. Um, and then, um, I mean, we have uh, Virginia's kind of absent this episode for him on the emotional support because she's dealing with Dr. DePaul and they're fighting mm-hmm. and Dr. DePaul's leaving on her own from the hospital. And then they're, um, Dr. Masters and Virginia are meeting to have sex, you know, for the study. And right. Virginia ends up crying, which is a huge point in the episode where Virginia is like being vulnerable and soft and sad and not her normal strong self. And, you know, Dr. Masters looks over and, and, and she says, you know, she knows me. She's my friend. Like she got in, she wormed between and got to me. And he goes, he looks at her and says, I know you. And then kisses her. There's a key point before that I want to talk about, though, because this is a crazy theory I have, but I want to hear what you guys okay. think. At one point, Virginia's talking about how Lillian was finally let in. She broke down the walls and went around mm-hmm. the walls that Virginia has. And Dr. Masters said to her, quote, you didn't see it coming because she's a woman. 
which is an interesting thing to that say. That is an interesting thing to say. And it piqued my interest that, hey, maybe there's something a little bit deeper than friendship going on with Virginia and Lillian. Is it hot romance? Oh. Is it sex? Certainly not. Virginia kissed her on the lips later, didn't she? Really? You, that that was, you took that yes. out of there? That, that's I, not took, what I, took. I took that no. out of there, too, Bobby. I, I think don't, there's a lot. I, 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 I know I you did. did. Maybe me and Lem will be on the same page, because yeah. what I took out of it was that he was talking about Virginia, and that his feelings snuck up on her, like, uh-huh. about her. It was about Virginia that he was talking about. Oh, I see okay. that, too. But Virginia, but he specifically said to Virginia, you didn't see it becoming because she was a woman, implying right. that you didn't expect to have any sort of love connection or whatever because she was a woman, but you do. No, but the thing is, Virginia and <laughs> but maybe are you similar do. <laughs> where they both build up walls and they yes. don't let people in. And that's what he was referring to Virginia as her sneaking around his wall. Yeah. That's what I took That's what I took oh, as yeah, well. Yeah, okay. yeah. I can see that too. That may be true. I can see but, that, but still with the Lillian thing. I exactly. Know, so the, the, the two are not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Virginia can sneak around Bill's I, walls. Mm, I didn't. I mean, and Lillian can sneak around Virginia's. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, we, I don't think we're talking about now? sexual walls. <laughs> are, right we, now? are we talking no, about sneaking under skirts? This is not a sexual thing. <laughs> I, I'm talking about some kind of love, some kind of relationship that's just a little bit deep. This is not Betty and Helen, right. but it's something a little bit deeper than friends. There's something. But else here's there. the thing, though. Here's how you can tie into that comment that you just said because when Al was talking to his friend about Betty and. Uh, Helen about their kiss that he saw in the lo- coming out of the bathroom. It was mm-hmm. a peck, and he's like, "Oh, well, my aunt used to do it, not right. as much." That's kind of the same kiss that Virginia gave to Lillian. You thought that was just a peck? Yes. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh man. Well, well, peck, well how are you guys kissing? Oh my gosh! Like if I kissed, if I kissed anybody like that, I feel like they no would t- try to put some I, tongue oh, in there. <laughs> <laughs> Or at least grope me. It was me. like a Snow White kiss. Oh, well, I guess that's a little bit. Wait, that proves your point. No, no, no. Right. It was a. It was a friendship kiss. Okay, I have way, never had a okay, friendship this is, kiss. This is my thing. With Maybe this. we should all friendship kiss after. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, Jenna. So, Jenna. <laughs> I want to say to that. To me, it doesn't make sense what you're saying about the whole kiss situation because you're trying to you're using that to back up what you feel about her feelings are stronger than what they should be in that direction. My thing is in the state that she's in with her with um, uh, the way she is with um, doctor, um, the way she is with her. It's not there's no thank you. Okay, there's no sorry, (laughs) couldn't get it. There's there's no sexual anything that would uh, afford the sexual to get in because of the nature of their relationship right now. And right now, she's like a caretaker. You know, she has this um, cervical cancer. She's trying to be there for her as her friend. And she said that. I want to be there as her friend. So, to me, it doesn't make sense for it to turn into something sexual in the state of their friendship as her she is dying. But that's the thing. It's not sexual. I'm not saying it's it's just a friendship. It's not a sexual thing, but there's something deeper than a friendship. Sister. Because but do you kiss your sister like that? It's, kids. Maybe it's like her little kid sister type of thing. I don't know. No I just think way. it's... it's a, you keep putting weight on this kiss, and I'm just there saying, like, it's a weird kiss. It's a weird kiss. It was thing. a long kiss. It wasn't like a goodnight. Oh. It, no, 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 no. It, it was, was a that. goodbye kiss. That's right. what it was. It was a goodbye that, kiss. Thank you. That's goodbye. It. And um, how many goodbye kisses do you have with your girlfriends? I don't say goodbye to my girlfriends. I okay. mean, like, goodbye, like, We have to move wise, on. We have wise. to move on, because we, we're... I'm just saying. Lem. We're running short on time. Hey, we got good oh. news, but let's do it next week or something, so keep going Oh, no, on. no, no. We still have a few more minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we have that going on, and then we have we have this whole situation with Libby being obsessed about Coral's situation, following him through. We kind of touched on that. And then the only <clears> other <throat> thing left on that was that when she did confront Robert, and she found out that he was her brother... 
it changed things for her in that moment. And then all of a sudden she was kind of okay with it. And then there was like some sexual tension between them. Okay. There was, this was like sexual tension filled. It was sweet. That Sorry. I don't know. Well, her blood up. When, when, blood up. when was the last time Libby was touched by a man? Serious question. Oh my uh, when gosh, when they did that, when her. they had sex with all their clothes on last week. With all their clothes yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Key fact. It's, it's been and a while. she had an orgasm, but no one heard it. Yeah. She faked baby. it. She yeah. faked it. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, there was, yeah, good touching there. Good talk. Yeah, there was. And then, um, and so we kind of come to the end of the episode, and we see... Um, uh, Lillian overdosing on her sleeping medication and Virginia finding out and being able to call the cops or being able to call the emergency mm-hmm. um, to come, you know, get her stomach pumped. But she doesn't. She makes a choice and she lets Lillian die, which is a huge selfless thing after their weird friendship kiss. Yeah, but she laid down with her and cuddled her, and I can see that I cuddle girlfriends all the time. We like when we're going through breakups. Sometimes we cuddle, but mm. not kiss. No, no. But here's to tie in with the title of Blackbird. Blackbird symbolizes freedom. So Lillian finally got her freedom. Okay. Was that free? Yeah, Boom. I think so. And I think I think it's the right move by Virginia, considering the circumstances. I don't mm-hmm. know if I could have done the same thing. You got to yeah, be a special person to do hard. that. But it's the right move, mm-hmm. and it is what she wanted, yeah. obviously. And Lillian was not alone when she died. Right. And Virginia fixing everything, not taking no for an answer. Virginia was mm-hmm. adamant. You're going to fight this. You're going to fight this. You're going to fight this. And Lillian said, No, no, no. Virginia finally took no for an answer and yep. gave up control and said, This is not my battle. This is your battle. And if you're done, I'm cool with it. Right. Which is huge. And then, um, and then we have the uh, Betty Helen triangle kind of come to a close too, because Al discusses with Jean after Helen or after Betty says, "Hey, look, I don't ever want to be around either one of them again, especially Helen." He confronts Al and says, "Hey, look, we can't be your witnesses for your wedding. I'm so sorry." He discusses the kiss, and then um, Jean confronts um, Betty, and I think they're getting a divorce because he confronts her about loving Helen, and she didn't she didn't deny it, and I think that was the last straw for her. You yeah, think he's gonna you think he's gonna end it up with her? Yeah, because he even yeah, says for sure. no more pretzels for her. He even says a line like "care is what you care for a stray dog" or something like that, yeah. and right. love is who you share your bed with. That's right. a great line. Yeah. yeah, Gene came to play he tonight. That was oh, a yeah. telling you guys. Hit it home mm-hmm. Such a great scene. Well, yeah. he I mean, and I think he just came to his wit's end because he had been lied to so much with her, mm-hmm. and it was like this was like the last straw. I you know. know. Found out. And then, um, and then we have Bill leaving Buell's, right? Him having one last talk with Doctor Hendricks, and then he. Now I'm feeling like Doctor Masters is going to have like a heart attack already <laughs> because he's like left another hospital, and now he's endangered Virginia. He goes right to Virginia. She's not home. She's with Lillian. Did this remind you of anything? This exact scene of um, him running up to the door. Rerun, rerun of last season, right? And right. the finale, like, minus the gonna, rain. They're just going to uh-huh. do it over and over again. <laughs> and so um, they and he, and this guy totally out of nowhere is at the house. Now I thought he was going to be like a babysitter, but turns out she met this guy Shelly mm-hmm. at uh-huh. Park Plaza the night of their fight. Like, oh, so heartbreaking. Like that's burn, burn. Even though. <laughs> Even though Masters is married, like, that sucks. And so then after that, it's like, he can't take anything. Like, I will be so surprised if Dr. Masters sees him, if he's even in next episode, because he, like, survived. He did say he didn't feel good. 
Hey. Oh my god. Oh, and so I think he was going to come home and project all those feelings of like I miss Virginia onto Libby and I think they might have had sex because he was sitting on her bed. They didn't show anything. <laughs> I know, but we'll see them but maybe in also- one bed in the start of next episode. Well, they'd like to start out the episodes obviously with sex. So you, you know? think it's going to be them too? I think it's going to be him and Libby in one bed. Go I'm for it, Roy. What is it? I disagree. This tied back to the fight scene with the boxing with the white man versus the black man. And who won in that boxing ring? Do you? No, I don't remember. In that, it was the black it was a match. Man. Yes. Yeah. And who won man. in this episode? All the black people. Yes. Yeah. They tied in right there. Oh. So, kind of loosely. Hook yeah. in. Okay. <laughs> I like the way, and, and I'll just say this, like, I think it's interesting because the difference between last season and this season, seeing at this time that it's really tackling civil rights issues in the scope of everything that's going on, because you can't really get away from that um, because of this time period. So I, I just want to say I really appreciate that the show is doing this. Right. And instead of predictions tonight, let's do news. Oh, quick. we don't have time for it. We'll do it next week. We can wrap up, Jenna. Are you sure? Yeah. It's okay. a good one. we got to save it. We need a couple minutes for it. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll do predictions then real quick. What you got, Roya? Why am I always first? You go first this time and I'll go second. Lem, you go. Okay. So <laughs> I predict that um, Libby is going to try to, get this, try to get um, uh, Coral to come back uh, at some point in time. That's all I'm going to okay. say. Bobby. I'll agree with that one. I'll also say Bill is not going to be able to go into private practice. He's not going to be able to lose his surgical privileges and whatever. I don't know where he's going to go, but either he... Something bad's going to happen with limit. his practice. He can't go into private practice. I don't think he wants to do that. Okay, bro. I think Bill will punch Shelly in the face. <laughs> okay, and I think that Bill will go into private practice, and I think that he will have had sex with uh, Libby, and I think that Libby's going to sleep with uh, Robert. All right. Well, that's it for our show tonight. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to think. Please make sure to comment on YouTube and Twitter and let us know what you think. And iTunes, uh, Royal, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hey Royal. That's H-E-Y-R-O-Y-A. Bobby. I'm on Twitter at Bobby Demuro on Instagram at Mr. Bobby Demuro. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Poet Saint all day, every day. And I am Jenny Couture, your host. Well, of four. Uh, and you can find me at Genitime Twain. Thanks. What was that? From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.